This is 105.9 The Region with your stories. The good news in our neighborhoods, our cities, our country, and beyond. This is Good to Hear. I'm Craig Robertson, and this is Good to Hear. It's called The Lullaby Project, run by Massey Hall and Roy Thompson Hall. It sees songwriters team up with expectant mothers to write a lullaby for their baby. One of the songwriters, Justin Rutledge, will join us in just a moment. But first, it's Vanessa Smith. Vanessa is the Manager of Outreach and Education at Massey Hall. Welcome to Good to Hear, Vanessa. Anytime. I'm really glad that more people are getting a chance to hear about this initiative. The Lullaby Project has been around since 2017, inspired by the Lullaby Project in uh, in New York City with Carnegie Hall. Uh, how does it work with, uh, with Massey Hall and Roy Thompson Hall? How does it work with, with you guys, Vanessa? So when I started in January of 2017 in this position at the corporation, um, we really only had one education program, which is called Share the Music, where we give complimentary tickets to schools and community groups to come to main stage performances. And I was really given carte blanche to be like, find some, you know, find a strategic direction, make a strategic plan, find some new programs to bring to us to start our education department. So everything that we've grown within this department has happened since then. And while I was conducting a lot of surveys and focus groups and stuff to talk about what this department should be and what we should be able to offer. It really came down to the fact that people had very strong memories about their families at Massey Hall in particular, and really strong associations with the type of music that we put on and what it can do for you emotionally and personally, and just all of these like very strong, deep, vulnerable connections, frankly. So when I was seeking what kinds of programs we would run, I kept that mission in mind. And I was researching programming that Carnegie Hall is doing in New York and came across this program, The Lullaby Project. And Carnegie Hall started this project back in 2012. And they work there in numerous hospitals and other community centers, and then since have spread internationally where other organizations can give them a ring and be like, I want to be a part of The Lullaby Project. Uh, They don't provide any financial assistance. They don't really there's no like set format for how the Lullaby Project works. It's so different per organization that runs it. They just offer sort of a peer network of support, um, some general basis of what the project is and to help promote the project as part of a larger group of partners. So we became the second Canadian partner by just a couple of months uh, to join the Lullaby Project back in 2017. And we were the first and I believe still the only partner in Ontario. Uh, to run the program. So we started doing that in 2017. I immediately reached out to Jesse's, the June Caldwell Center for Young Women, which is a drop-in center for young moms in the Regent Park area. And they became our first community partner. And we started working together to write lullabies. So it's with these community partners, these community groups, that's where you find the, these these moms. That's where you find these expectant mothers, right? Yes. So um, for that first partnership with Jesse Center, we really worked closely with their in-house school. Uh, so the, stu- the participants actually receive credit for participating in the program. They can put it towards an English or a music credit. Um, and that really helped us be able to recruit these participants and be able to like pull them right out of class to work directly with them because they're, they're teenagers and their mothers. They have really crazy schedules. <laughs> so being able to work together to make that happen was really important. And as we've added a few more partners, we found different ways of working together. But really one of our key things our partners do is helps us find the participants and then we get to handle the artistic side of finding the perfect songwriter to work with them. What's been the impact for for these moms? Young moms who might be a little marginalized now have this forever song for themselves and, and for their baby. It must have a huge impact on them. So I think I went into it expecting the impacts to be all about like the bond between the parent and the child. And that's very important. But what I didn't expect and what has really 
become the outcome of this is the empowering experience it is for those mothers that they get, especially in situations where we're working with marginalized moms or even just working with the stigma of teen moms with many of the young mothers we've worked with Jesse Center so far, is they get this chance to, to tell their story and put it all out there into words and have it expressed in a way that they may not have realized was possible. And just hearing the songwriter validate that story for them and then get this group of people together to perform that story for them is a really powerful experience than to have this piece later to be like, I did this, I wrote this, and it's for you to be able to give to their child later. It has such, so much meaning for it. And then there are also some great stories about moms who now four or five years later are still singing those songs with their kids and it's become this really meaningful piece between the two of them. And now that we're spreading out into more partners, we're also working closely with a neurologist who's working with women with chronic illness. And that's another piece of being able to like tell this vulnerable story and have it really validated and have this expression of of your love and your experiences wow so many layers of positivity for the for these young moms how many lullabies have been written in total we're at 45 now over the last five years and across three community partners we're going to speak to one of the songwriters justin rutledge in just a moment um how do you find these songwriters to to take part well, I've worked in education outreach or arts education for about a decade now. So I started with a network that I kind of already had from previous experiences who I knew would be a good fit. And then some of that started spreading by word of mouth from some of those songwriters. And then we did start putting out a call on our website about once a year where we ask songwriters to, who might be interested in the project to send us an application form. And we also have an artist development program at Massey Hall, which is pretty unique amongst um, organizations like us. And we closely involve those artists as well so that they get this opportunity to share their expertise if i'm listening and i, I want to lend a hand how do we how do we support is there is there a donation portal can we can we lend a hand as well how do we how do we stay in touch Absolutely. If you go to our website and you navigate to the education area and look at our community outreach section, uh, we have a, links on our Lullaby Project specific page about making donations and we'd love your support for this program. Vanessa Smith is the Manager of Outreach and Education at Massey Hall and Roy Thompson Hall. You're making a, a, a fantastic impact. Thanks very much for joining us, Vanessa. Thank you. I really, I really like this project and it's, it's been amazing to see the kind of impact that we can make with music and with just getting to work together and hear someone's story. Thanks again. Awesome. Thanks so much, Craig. The song is dedicated to you, Joseph Paul Martin, the sweetest, friendliest, and most handsome little human I know. I love you from the bottom of my heart and know no matter how old you are, you will always be my little guy. And of course, without the songwriters, the lullabies don't get written. And joining us is one of the songwriters connected to the Lullaby Project, decorated Canadian singer-songwriter, Justin Rutledge. Thanks a lot for joining us, Justin. Oh, it's a pleasure to be here, Craig. Thanks for having me. I know you've been connected to the Lullaby Project for, for a number of years, Justin, with your connection to Massey Hall, promoting shows for, for yourself and your connection with, 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 with Vanessa. So I want to talk about the, the, the songwriting aspect of this and and where the ideas come from do you do you meet with the mom do you get directive from them or do you just go with your own gut instinct as a songwriter where does the nugget of the idea for these songs come from well um it, it can come from anywhere the way you know everyone every songwriter has a different approach to writing and the way i handled it was uh the first two sessions with my partner uh I just, we just talked and I, I'm a parent myself. And so, um, you know, we talked about what it means to be 
a parent. We talked about the love we have for our kids. We talked, I, I listened to her and I, what I did was I sort of jotted little notes down and little sound bites down uh, as we were talking. And at the end of our initial conversation, initial couple conversations, I had a bit of a list of, of ideas to jump off. What I, what I wanted was jumping off points. And so we actually, the song that we ended up writing is a song called I Can't Believe Your Mind. And that was one of the sentiments that she said in our early conversations, you know, uh, she said, you know, I can't believe this kid's going to be mine, you know? So I, I thought that was a, a nice place to start. So personally, the way we, you know, the way we decided to go about it was, uh, you know, I really wanted to base every single emotion and every line off of something that resonated with her or something that she was feeling. How does the song get recorded? Did you play all the instruments? You go into a big studio? How does the, the finished product become, become realized? Well, in a real life scenario, the song is recorded in a studio uh, with real musicians in real time. And um, that's the way it's, we prefer to do it. Um, but uh, I recorded, we recorded ours during COVID. So fortunately, I have, a, I have a small home studio here. And I was able to, you know, I pretty much played everything except for the drums and the bass. So, um, so I did all that here and sent it to her for approval. And, um, and then she sang through, you know, the uh, genius of uh, an app called Song Soundtrap. She was able to sing her lead vocal from her apartment, from her computer. Um, you know, so there's a bit of back and forth, but, and you don't get that immediacy of what, what it's like when you record in the studio, but, you know, hey, you know, you just roll with the times, right? So. And is there a place where we can hear the songs? If you visit the website, you go to MasseyHall.com and go into education and outreach. There's a lullaby project section and you can get a, you can see all of the, um, you know, the past events. Because the way it works is you record this lullaby, you mix it, you master it. And then what happens at the end uh, of everything is there's a concert that's being held. And we will do that again in the future for sure because that's, that's such a great night because family members come out, friends come out, and you know these young parents, these young mothers are performing this, these songs for the first time in front of a live audience, and it's a really moving experience. I'll let you get back to daddy duty there, uh, but this must be super rewarding. How, how rewarding is it knowing that you've written something that is forever? It, it must be a, a different level of satisfaction to write something so personal. It is because it's not, it's, you know what I really, I really like when I get to write songs for other people. There's a, there's um, you know, I, I feel a, a tremendous amount of responsibility and to be able to facilitate that um, for someone else is, is really, is really rewarding for me. And especially, you know, I'm as a, a parent of two kids myself, I, I understand the importance of song and, and music and, uh, and especially for, <laughs> near my kid in the background um but uh yeah so it's an extremely rewarding experience and something that uh you know you know we you know we look forward to doing it in person in the future it's called the lullaby project visit masseyhall.com to find out more our guests justin rutledge decorated canadian songwriter and vanessa smith joining us a little bit earlier the manager of outreach and education at massey hall a final goodbye justin thank you very much Thank you, Craig. Thanks for talking to me. And that's good to hear. I'm Craig Robertson on 105.9 The Region.
good to hear. This is the good news. As we emerge from the two-year cocoon of the pandemic, it's great to things coming back to life. And one of the events and one of the organizations really making a difference in the region is the York Region Arts Council, something they're calling the Experience Trail. To talk more about it, thrilled to be joined by Monica Del Rio Payne, the trail organizer and program curator at the York Region Arts Council. Monica, it's an absolute pleasure. How are you? I'm wonderful. Thank you for having me today, Jim. Well, it's great. And it just feels good to be talking about this, like we're getting back to doing things and enjoying events, and especially with something called the Experience Trail. Tell the listeners more about it, because it sounds like a fantastic initiative. Well, thank you. Yes, the Experience Trail was developed by the York Region Arts Council, and it's all about reconnecting our residents and visitors with the region's many tourism experiences. And our first release of events is really focused on community collaborations through arts and culture. Well, what I find, Monica, what's important about this is sometimes living in the region, and I've lived in the region almost 20 years, we forget all the great things in our own backyard. And this is a great way to shine a spotlight on it and remind us we don't have to go afar to enjoy great things. That's right. That's right, Jim. Um, you know, there's, it's really an opportunity for folks to plan their day, enjoy everything there is to do in York Region while offering support for our local organizers. And, and the, the attractions in... Oh, sorry. No, go ahead, please. Continue. <laughs> we hope that these uh, events that we've highlighted will motivate and inspire people to reconnect with all there is to do and see, as you say, in our own backyards. Absolutely. You can get all the details at experienceyorkregion.com. They're very helpful and informative website, uh, restaurants, shops, uh, sports, outdoor events. It's all there. (laughs) Exactly. And we also have included uh, an in-the-neighborhood feature on each of our event pages uh, so people can really see about other local gems that are also connected to the event in the area. So there's really, um, you know, a full day of, of events planned in each of the, of each of the stops. Thrilled to be speaking to Monica Del Rio Payne, the trail organizer and program curator for the York Region Arts Council, something they're calling the Experience Trail. And you made a good point. It's a, it's a really easy way for folks to plan the day. I'm I'm thinking about a nice weekend in the spring when the weather does get nicer. You can go to the website and plan something and plan different things on different days and really get to experience all that the region has to offer. Yes, exactly, exactly. We're excited about a few upcoming events, and really with some of the events, we're working with our local organizers to bring in um, opportunities for local artists as well. Um, In addition to the events that are happening, York Region Arts Council artists will also have the opportunity to be involved with the events. Um, For instance, recently we had a a local artist come in and paint two live um, paintings on site at the event, uh, with the Community Craft Beer Festival, and the the visitors were able to watch the artist work and create work live on site. So we really are looking to also amplify some of the events with some local artists. As always, you can get more details about the Experience Trail at the website experienceyorkregion.com. And Monica, I... I find my wife and I have been looking ahead to things like this and planning because we felt so cooped up over the last couple of years. Maybe events or experiences or locations we wouldn't have gone to or thought about before. We're like, hey, we're going to make a point and do this because we've been denied it for so long. We want to get out there and enjoy it. 
Exactly, exactly. Um, another exciting part of the of the trail that we're incorporating is actually um, a public art piece that's going to be installed in various areas around York Region throughout the, the spring and summer, and it will be a great opportunity to um, grab a great Instagram shot and uh, tag us at Experience YR and uh, share your story and your experiences on the trail. What I love about what you and your staff are doing at the York Region Arts Council is my wife is really into art, uh, me not so much, but the way you present it, it's it's art can come in all different forms, and even I can enjoy it and figure it out and get as much enjoyment out of it as my wife does. <laughs> That's great. That's great, yes. We really want events and the engagement with art and culture to be for the whole family and for every every person in York Region. And while we're doing it and while we're enjoying that everything that happens on the Experience Trail, we can also enjoy coffee shops and dessert and butter tarts and food and cuisine that York Region has to offer, which is also a good thing. Oh, yes. We definitely encourage, you know, all of us to get out there and support our local businesses, our restaurants, our our um, independent owners, our wineries, our breweries. There's just so much to see and do. And I, I'm very excited to be supporting our local businesses and communities in the coming months. And trust me, Monica, with the price of gas the way it is, it's nice to just have to drive locally in and around the region not have to go far to do these things. <laughs> exactly. It's great. It's great. Fantastic. The Experience Trail, part of the York Region Arts Council. Get more details at experienceyorkregion.com. The outstanding trail organizer and pro- program curator of the York Region Arts Council is Monica Del Rio Payne, and she joined us on Good to Hear. Monica, thank you so much for everything you're doing, and thank you for this great initiative. It's going to make a lot of people in the region happy and give them a lot of enjoyment over the next few months. Thank you so much. Thank you for having me. We'll see you on the tr- Experience Trail. Oh, you, you can count on it. <laughs> Have a good day. Good to Hear. We'll be right back on 105.9 The Region. Listen live at 1059theregion.com or 105.9 FM. This is 1059 The Region with your stories, the good news in our neighborhoods, our cities, our country, and beyond. This is Good to Hear. Food insecurity. It's something the Food Bank of York Region wants everyone to be thinking about. Where is your next meal coming from? How are you going to pay for it, especially if you don't have the money? They get all sorts of help from the community, and they're getting help right now. And this is very good to hear from a youth organization called Yield. And they have created a cookbook, a special cookbook. And I have one of the creators on the line right now. Her name is Clara Chu. Hi, Clara. Hi. So tell me about this cookbook. Uh, so we were a group of four from the Yield cohort, and the cookbook is the whole idea behind the project was that we wanted to focus on tackling food insecurity and, and try, trying to find more resources and information to share with people. So the way that we went about this is to have people who are connected to different food banks who are perhaps uh, less privileged or from immigrant families reach out to us and submit their um, very cozy, homely 
um, traditional or just feel-good recipes with us and discuss the materials that they've used, the budget that they spent on it, and basically we compiled all the recipes and created this feel-good cookbook, which is meant to be helpful for people um, who feel that they might not have enough or fancy recipes, but have enough to stay connected with their communities and, and feel good, especially during this difficult time. So it's a diverse cookbook. All sorts of ethnicities are, are represented in the meals. Yes. And this is about being able to afford to cook it as well. So we're not talking about cooking filet mignon or something like that. We're talking about affordable recipes. Yes, we're talking about affordable recipes. Um, many of our recipes in the cookbook um, are from immigrant families. So it's, it, there's an additional spin to this because um, part of the difficulties with food insecurity right now is for a lot of people, they don't know where to go for uh, ingredients to buy. Mm -hmm. And perhaps they would go to the, your local grocery store and they would not have those ingredients. So that's actually also part of the contributing factor to growing food insecurity, especially in Toronto, being such a m multicultural city. Very true. And and I know personally that, you know, when I've tried to, to make a recipe and it calls for something that's just not a Western norm, that I have to search around for it. And sometimes it's very difficult to find. So, And, and that makes you feel... Well, you tell me, how, how does that make someone feel? Uh, I, I'm actually also from an immigrant family, so it really touches on my life as well. Um, especially if they are recent, they recently entered Canada and perhaps English is, is not um, a language that they're mm -hmm. fluent in. In those cases, the insecurity is greater. The, the lack of community is greater. And, of course, with the ongoing pandemic, this makes it even harder for a lot of people who are left behind. I'm realizing now the cookbook is almost secondary. You, you have created a conversation or a reason to have a conversation over food insecurity. Yes. Yeah. Uh, Part of the event was to build this cookbook. Uh, at the end, when we were revealing the, the recipe to everyone and all the participants, we actually had a little virtual uh, event where we were able to invite some people who have experience uh, working in food banks and tackling uh, food insecurity to actually come and, and speak on their findings and their thoughts and ways that we can work on together to strengthen this particular hardship. Mm, it's, a, it, it, it's a wonderful project. Um, what's your favorite recipe in the, uh, in the book, Clara? It's by someone named Ashima, mm -hmm. and it's called Shish Tawuk with okay. Pamaya and grilled kofta. And why is that your favorite? Because I find that uh, I'm uh, the the person who who submitted. She uh, had a really interesting story. So she's actually a convention refugee and mother of three, and it looks a lot like 
skewers, mm-hmm. but the spices that they use are different. And I actually tried it at home myself, and it was really, really delicious. Uh, and I, I thought that uh, what what a great way of sharing her recipe with everyone and, and trying different things. And also talking, um, touching on her story in particular, um, it's really touching that we're able to have her in Canada, and she's able to continue thriving here as well. And uh, you, you, on a personal note, you just graduated from university? Yes, I graduated from university. And, and what did you graduate with? Um, quite different from what we were working with. I actually graduated um, from McGill University. I studied computer science and economics. So computer science and I economics. Guess the economics part really makes me <laughs> think more critically about this kind of issue in our society. Definitely. Definitely. Well, this sounds like a fantastic project, and we're going to put a link up on our website, 1059theregion.com. Uh, I'm sure you can contact the Food Bank of York Region as well. This is not a huge uh, undertaking. So uh, to get the cookbook, it's a little bit limited, but you can still get your hands on it, and we'll make sure that you uh, you have a link to that. So thank you for this, and I, I'm very, very impressed with what you and your cohorts have done. Yeah, thank you so much. All right, Clara Chu, who is with Yield and also the uh, Diversity Community Cookbook. Send us your good news stories at info at 1059theregion.com. This is good to hear.